Welcome to BSD Talk, number 77. It's Tuesday, October 17, 2006. I just have an interview for you today. The audio was a little messed up and I had to do some funky editing, but I think I got something that uh, is reasonably good, although my audio does seem a little weird. But other than that, I hope this came out all right. Okay, on to the interview. Today on BSD Talk... We're speaking with Matt Olander, the CTO of IX Systems. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. So what is IX Systems and how did it get started? We are, uh, I guess you could say we're the last remnant, the last remaining remnant of BSDI, which was responsible for the BSD operating system, BSD OS, in the 90s. It's it's interesting. I've been working in the same office now for, God, almost 10 years and as this company's gone through, you know, BSDI, Telenet, uh, off my server, IX Systems, name after name. And so it's it's been a blast. I'm literally, I'm sitting in the same facility that Telenet started in. And Telenet was a hardware supplier uh, in the early 90s. When BSDI sold the software, their OS, to Win River, the hardware went on, you know, the Telenet side of the business, which BSDI had acquired. So... There was definitely still a, a very healthy, successful business there. So we saw it. We were all still working here, but you know, we were we were probably in our fourth or fifth round of layoffs by then, and and it just wasn't looking good. So I offered to arrange an employee buyout to the to the current board, and and eventually they accepted. And we've been having a blast. We still make great hardware, and and you know the dream hasn't really changed. We are still going strong, building servers from hand, you know, we get the metal bent and and build the servers right here in the back in a 5,000-square-foot manufacturing facility. And uh, still a great business. And and so, of course, when you're building servers that end up being used with FreeBSD on them and and various uh, distributions of Linux, you can't help but work very closely with open source, which we've been doing for, uh, like I say, this facility is, uh, wow, 12, 13 years old now. Now, do you just sell bare metal systems? Or do you also sell systems with operating systems pre-installed? We do a lot of, in fact, I'd say most of it's pre-installed. We've got an automatic uh, custom system that we've done. We prefer doing FreeBSD, but obviously, uh, you know, the market wants what the market wants. So we do a lot of uh, various Linux distributions. And it's, it's interesting watching from the production side. If I go and ask, you know, even the guy that, that turns the screwdriver and, you know, puts in motherboards and has to uh, install OSs, what his favorite operating system is, invariably, he would say FreeBSD because, you know, we get stuck installing, you know, one day it's Gen 2 and the next day it's, you know, Red Hat this. And, and there's just so many different Linux variations. And everyone is just different enough to change the process out back, and uh, and they, they get frustrated. It's easier for us to do FreeBSD servers. We pre-test everything with FreeBSD, and we have an automatic system that we contracted Doug White to write for us 
that boots the system and installs FreeBSD and then tests for 48 hours and logs all of the tests onto a, a master server so that later on we can compare MAC addresses. If the system comes back in six months, we can kind of, you know, take a look at the tests, see if uh, there's any kind of trend or, you know, see if we're getting performance issues with certain chipsets and that kind of thing. So we certainly prefer to use FreeBSD for our deployments and, and custom configurations, and we have a lot of FreeBSD customers, that, and it's probably why they come to us, is that, that we actually do that and we pretest everything with, with FreeBSD. What about service after the sale? It's a good question. Obviously, we support the hardware, and dealing with open source software, it's it's been tricky for us to say we'll support this but not that. So what we've done is up till now, we've done a 30-day installation support. But like I said, this can get tricky because, you know, within 30 days, someone can call with a pretty complex configuration question. Does any of your revenue go back to the projects that are pre-installed on the systems that you ship? The only project we actually financially support is FreeBSD. Sometimes equipment-wise, we can, we can help some of the other projects. But for instance, here at the shop, we've got a dedicated T1 and a rack of equipment that is just for the FreeBSD project. So, uh, for instance, a lot of times what will happen is we had a, you know, a Woodcrest system that we were developing with, with Intel well before uh, probably most people did, maybe even Dell. And so FreeBSD is uh, you know, well-supported. And uh, besides that, let's say I just got a, an embedded board for, for Doug White so that he could uh, work on the embedded FreeBSD project. We sponsored a lot of the blade integration work for FreeBSD so that it would run flawlessly on the Intel IBM blades. And we've actually sold quite a few of them that, that uh, customers are running FreeBSD on the Blaze, including the uh, uh, University of San Francisco. And they're running uh, FreeBSD on the Intel Blaze in their medical department. Of course, we do a lot of trade shows. I think for a while, the FreeBSD rack out here was also doing all the, uh, all the AMD 64 package builds. Probably only does half of them now. You also do some BSD advocacy, including appearing on some television shows. Could you describe that? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it, it was interesting. I watched tech TV for for many years. I, I thought, my God, a network for nerds like there's no way this will work. But apparently, there's a, there's enough of us now that uh, the station was successful, and I uh, I got the opportunity to go up there to San Francisco and watch them record. And while I was sitting in the audience, Leo, one of their hosts, I guess had heard I was coming to recognize me and ended up talking to me. And uh, from there, we actually had a relationship that uh, we're still friends to this day, and and occasionally exchange emails. I haven't talked to him since he moved up to Canada a couple of years ago. But he offered to have us up on the show, and Murray and I went a few times. And, and I went once with Brooks Davis to do a cluster presentation. But, yeah, we, we loved going up there. It's too bad they moved down to L.A. because uh, we, we had been talking to them about doing kind of an American server-type show that we thought would be funny. But I don't know if we want – I don't know if the world's ready to be exposed to this place on a daily reality show basis. So maybe it's just as well. Looking back at the history with BSDI, and then looking forward with the purchase of PCBSD, does this mean that PCBSD is going to be the next big commercially supported operating system competing in the marketplace? Those are, those are bold words, and remember, I didn't say them yet. Uh, seriously, we're, we're incredibly excited about the, the PCBSD deal. Uh, Chris is, is just awesome. And I'll tell you what, what kind of started that off was when I was at trade shows, and I'm giving out free BSD CDs, and people are asking me for PCBSD CDs. And I, I look around at some of these show floors, and uh, 
boy, I tell you, I, I think that for, for many years, I think we, as the FreeBSD project, kind of neglected the desktop and neglected the laptop and just said, you know, we, we have this attitude of, uh, hey, if you're good, you'll figure out how to get it running. And, you know, a lot of people, they, they just don't have time to do that or they're not, uh, they're not inclined to get it running. So that these are the same people that are, you know, then looking at servers. And, and you know, I remember even, even when I got started, uh, of course, the first thing I did was you end up running a web server at home, right? And once you get familiar with that, that's what you're going to end up, you know, recommending or, or advocating at work. And so I think that it's time that, that FreeBSD as a, as a project took, took a real close look at advocating desktop use. And, and of course, I've been using FreeBSD on the desktop for years. And on my laptop, and you know, once you get everything going, it's it's all the same programs all the Linux users love. Uh, they just don't know that that it can work on FreeBSD, and sometimes it takes a little more tweaking to get things working. And I think that's why we're so excited about PCBSD. Is you know, the goal of that project is just you know, Chris wanted something that his mom could use, and I think she literally uses it, and she's you know one of his first test cases. And you know, I think that's a great goal. I think there's been some worry in the BSD community that. PCBSD is at risk of being folded back into a closed-source commercial project. Do you have any words of reassurance for the BSD community? I, I do, in fact. You know, what's, what's cool is that I, I've been on the other side of that fence, right? I worked at BSD. I saw, you know, I saw a company try to make it that way, and I think any company, especially in this open-source environment that we're in, that takes open-source code and then turns around and closed it, I think it would be viewed very harshly, and, and certainly that's not something we would want to do to begin with, uh, because, I, like I say, I've seen that happen. And I think I think everyone benefits when you've got more eyeballs looking at your source code. I, I just don't think it's a, it's a bad thing, and I think eventually, you know, the rest of the business world is finally catching up to this. You know, releasing the, such tight control over source code and saying, "Hey, it's okay if some people are, are looking at it. We'll protect uh, protect yourself legally and, and provide services that are valuable enough that uh, you know you can support a, a company based on that." And so we have no intention of closing uh, any of the, the source code. In fact, you know, totally the opposite. Uh, we've been there before, and we definitely don't want to go back. So will I be able to buy my next desktop system from you with PCBSD installed? Uh, well, great question. We are working on that right now. You know, we don't expect to retire off of selling PCBSD desktops just yet, but certainly we don't mind building some of those. And, uh, of course, our, our core competency is definitely in servers, but uh, that makes building desktops that much easier for us. And we should probably take the time to remind people that PCBSD isn't just for desktops, but there's also a server version that they're working on as well. Yeah, in fact, even before you know, I started talking with Chris about this potential merger, he had already started down that path. And it's interesting. I watch his forum and I see people, you know, arguing, you know, for you know pros and cons of of servers having X Windows running. And I'll tell you, what's interesting from a server manufacturer side and, and a, a VAR integration is we see it all the time. In fact, we see it more and more. It used to be that you know we get sn- we'd snicker when someone said they wanted a system with X Windows. You couldn't help it. It's like you know what kind of sysadmin are you, right? What do you need that for? But more and more, as a business case, what we're seeing is that you got a senior guy that has to manage some junior guys, and he wants every leg up that he can get before they are there so that they can just do their job. And sometimes we forget, you know, as systems guys, when we're playing around with systems and we love it so much, that's not everyone else's job. That's not what they like to do. Maybe, you know, maybe it's just a hobby. We've got a customer that runs a very large web hosting company, and while he loves FreeBSD, and he 
certainly loves you know screwing around at the command line. He has a, a pretty big business to run, and that's his his focus is you know providing for his family and his company and running that business. And uh, he was you know I asked him, I said, what do you think about about uh, you know FreeBSD server with uh, with X Windows running? And and I couldn't believe that this guy was telling me I would love that. Like oh my god, please do that. Uh, then I could have some of my junior guys handle some of the more simple responsibilities. And so Chris uh, is already you know his PCBSD. 1.3, I think he's he's got some of the added functionality of, of a server-specific installing PBIs and a laptop-specific and desktop. So is everyone at IX Systems using BSD on their desktop? Most of us are. Uh, <laughs> I was afraid that question would come up. It is, you know, even even in the BSDI days, it was it was tough to shake Windows, and uh, I think you know you can you can blame Microsoft Office for that, and you can blame a lot of the vendors that we use having this this ancient 90s mentality of, of their web portal only supports one browser, and it's still IE, and I can't believe some of these people still do it. So uh, gladly, since the PCBSD deal, I think you'll see everyone here will now switch to PCBSD because uh, win for BSD, uh, the virtual bridges, guys, I've been talking with them, and, and they've just released the PBI for their Windows uh, virtual machine under BSD, and I think it, it now we've got pretty much everything covered to where even the CEO here can run uh, a BSD desktop and still have access to you know what he needs in Internet Explorer and maybe even some of his Office stuff. So, so we are preparing to go 100% BSD desktop. So, how did you first get introduced to the BSDs, and what kept you motivated to keep working with it? I was a consultant for a Salesforce automation company. And I was out at a client site. I don't remember when it was, probably 94, 95. And, and this guy had this huge monitor going and something like TWM running. And, and I look around and I say, where's the Sunbox? Where's, where's the IBM? What are, you, what are you running this on? And he shows me this x86 you know ibm box that he's running this on and i i was like holy crow what is this stuff right and and it was i think it was like a i don't know a FreeBSD one or two version i forget and it wasn't long ironically after that that i ran into bsd os at a different client site doing another uh some cgi tweaking for him for their salesforce automation software and i thought wow this is so cool and ironically i ended up uh i moved into becoming a sysadmin and i ended up admitting some Red Hat Linux boxes uh, well before I delved deeper into FreeBSD. Once I did, though, I'll tell you, <laughs> talk about a wake-up call. Boy, when you admin a few Red Hat Linux boxes, especially back then, and then when I was introduced more deeply into to FreeBSD, it was like getting into a sports car. I was like, oh, man, you know, no more of this dependency nightmare. And I, I just, within within literally the first day of, of using Red Hat Linux, I was... I had created an RPM dependency nightmare system that was just broken all over the place, you know. And as soon as I saw the port system that FreeBSD has to manage, you know, applications from source, I was just in love. So that, that kind of launched my, my interest. It was a delight to, to, to come from Red Hat and then, and then start working with FreeBSD like I did. It just seemed to be handled more mature. Uh, these guys weren't worried about getting the coolest bleeding-edge code into the kernel as fast as they could. They were worried about you know the people that were using it, and let's be careful making changes, and this can affect a lot of systems. And uh, it was a very cautious approach that I could appreciate because you know businesses aren't necessarily interested in running bleeding edge; they're just interested in running. And you know you have to do everything you can to keep them running, especially if they've chosen to use your your product or service. And I think I just appreciate the professional way it's handled that's kept me 
on board for so long. Now that we build the systems and we've been doing this for for years ourselves, we actually have a have a unique perspective in that we probably see something a lot of people don't see, and that's that FreeBSD seems to support server hardware more than most Linuxes do. And my production manager, I told him he should start writing articles uh, because this is you know very interesting news that I find that you know when I walk out back and find out you know FreeBSD supports this Red Card Red Hat Linux does not, and FreeBSD supports this uh, you know Nick chipset and Debian does not, and and I think most people don't realize that because you think Linux has so much huge commercial support. How could that possibly be that FreeBSD has better server class hardware support? I don't know. Maybe it's guys like us that you know try to try to provide as much hardware as possible. Red Hat focuses on software. And I don't think there's a lot of hardware testing going on at Red Hat like like there is at a place like this. You know, maybe maybe it's on the same scale, but it's certainly not as, as prevalent as people would think because we see all the time that FreeBSD outperforms Linux in, you know, various ways. So are you only primarily working on the x86 platform? Or are you also working on bringing the BSDs to other architectures like PowerPC or the Sun chips? I'm personally not too focused on that. I'm not too interested. I I, I know that uh, we went ahead and bought some uh, a couple pieces of embedded hardware for for Doug to play around with. But yeah, I, I think you know we gotta we gotta focus on x86 at least here. We're we're interested in that you know because of our our business focus. But certainly, I'm, I'm not against it, right? I, I I have a Mac. I don't know that I would uh, install FreeBSD on it quite yet, but I went ahead and broke down and got a Mac Mini, and I, I just love the little thing. And uh, you know, I've got my FreeBSD box right next to it, and I set up, uh, I forget the name of that program, so I can move the Mac mouse in between the two monitors, Synergy, and uh, it's, it's just too cool. I don't know, you know, like Mac runs Mac OS X pretty well, and uh, FreeBSD runs great on x86. But those are worthwhile endeavors, and certainly we support them. And when you're running BSD on your desktop, what's your preferred environment? It's very simple, old Fluxbox desktop that hasn't changed in a few years, to be honest. Well, are there any other topics that you want to talk about today? I appreciate the opportunity of uh, talking with you, and, and I just I want people to know, you know, as someone that goes to trade shows, I, I can't talk a, a lot about some of the things that, that happen, but a lot of, more and more, I'd say, VPs, executive-level people, come to me at trade shows when I'm at the BSD booth and want to talk about GPL and, and, and the BSD license and GPL violation. And I think that we're going to start to see more. You know, unfortunately, I think we're going to start to see more and more of that uh, as companies get worried and as more successful uh, GPL violation suits go through. We're going to see more and more people looking around for an alternative. And, and I think uh, you know, most people, when they, when they discover BSD, and they see it's a viable alternative, I, they tend to want to use it. And that's what I see happening. Well, thank you very much for speaking with me today. Sure, well, thank you. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsttalk.blogspot.com. Or if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 77.